Well, the name of the message today is nothing venture, nothing gain. Anybody ever heard that term before? It's kind of something you hear, hear a lot. And I, and I, I looked at this message uh, this week a couple times. And it actually started out, it was going to be about big dreams, dreaming big. And I always want to encourage us to dream big because what God's put in you, he hasn't put in anybody else. You're unique. You're amazing. You're, you're a masterpiece to the Lord. And as I continue to study and look around and what we're going through in our world, man, I'm good, son. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so what was I saying? Dream <laughs> big. Yeah, dream big. Well, that's not the message. The message is nothing venture, nothing gain. And what I want to talk about today is, you know, sometimes we just cannot continue to sit on the sidelines of life. And so today this message is going to be kind of pointed. It's going to be, I want to encourage you. I want us to say, hey, you know, we need to make a difference as Christians. And so, yeah, watch your toes because we need to hear it. Amen. So with that being said, I want you to take a look at uh, our verse here. Here we go. Here we go. No, it ain't going to go down. I got it. This is not going to happen today. There we go. We all speeding it up so I don't have to preach as much. Here's our verse for today. All right, and it's out of Ephesians 5, 16. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I got a question for you. You think today, these days are a little evil? Anybody watch the news? It's crazy, man. This world is coming unglued. It really is. Now, people say, well, it might have been worse later on. Well, we're living now, and we get all the information fast, and we can see just how fast things are unfolding. And that could be a good thing, or it could be a bad thing. I hope today it's a thing that motivates us to take our ground as Christians. I hope it motivates us today to know that God's still in control in the midst of all this stuff, that we need to be a, 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 a people that turn back to God. We need to be a people that pray for our country. We need to be a people that are making the differences out there. And uh, there's just so much nonsense when you go on TV and, and on different things. Uh, it's almost where I can't hardly even stand. How about you guys? Some of the, the, the stuff that they just, just spew out their mouth. And, and, I, and one of our slides is, where's God in all this? Well, the answer to most of the things that we're talking about is he's not in this, meaning this. They're not allowing him in. They edge God out, and then they wonder why we have so many problems. But that's not really where we're starting at today. But I want you to, to take a, a look at this. And I said, you know, we, with the world coming apart like it is, I said, it, it just, it really shouldn't surprise us, but it should motivate us to get involved. How many people got children, grandchildren, something like that? I want to leave it a little bit better for my children. How about you? I think each generation desires that, but then sometimes I wonder, do we really pick up our cross to make that difference? You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I think we've, we've done so much for folks that we've enabled them not to stand on their own if we're not careful, you know? A lot of times with, with my job at, at NASA out there, and I, I see different things and, and just things in general, we need to show people how to fish again. You know, what's the old saying? Uh, feed a man a fish, you know, you feed him for a day, teach him to fish, you show him how to fish for a lifetime, he can provide for himself. And we need to know how to work. We need to know how to worship. We need to know how to, to, to dig in God's word. I'm coming in there from both ways roll up our sleeve and, and be about business and taking care of your family and things like that, however, because I believe God wants us to provide and do those things and look out for those that are in need. But in the midst of that, we need to really be diligent in studying the Word of God. We really need to be diligent 
at this time, at this juncture, in this world, what's going on. Hey, look, we know Christ is coming back. And the Bible says no man knows the, the hour or the time. But these will be some of the signs. And there's a lot of the signs, you know, wars, rumors of wars and things like that. And I'm not getting all into the news. I'm getting into life. I want you to understand that. We're dealing with life right now. And that's what I want you to see. God said that Jesus said he came to bring life in abundance. I think sometimes we've heard that and we played it down so much that we think that means he's going to give me everything I want. And I just sit on the couch like it's a genie in the bottle. No, it's a Jesus on the cross. Okay? There's a big difference. And I want us to realize that today. So like I said, uh, we're going to jump right on in with that. And I'm going to read that scripture again. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do you make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus Christ with the world? And sometimes it's a little lonely, isn't it? You might be. I talked to, to, to uh, some folks this morning. And they said, you know, we have nine people on our cul-de-sac. And I believe we're the only believers there. Isn't that something? Many, many Sundays when I take off. And, and I want y'all to understand, this is not being judgmental. I'm just throwing this out here for us to get a good picture, and we'll, we'll pull it all in. When I leave, most times, I don't see a whole lot of cars on the road going to church. How about y'all? Now, they might have went last night. They might go at 11. They might go, with, I, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that just because somebody walked through the church door, everything in their life is perfect. But I'm saying this. God wants us to come in fellowship. He wants us to worship. And we have that as a privilege. And so many times, the things that we have as a privilege, we just let it get lackadaisical and set it aside. And then it just, just kind of just grows over with the film. I want us to be red hot for Christ. I want us to be ready when things come up. And so I don't want us to be complacent. I want us to be committed. Amen? Commitment takes a little effort, doesn't it? It really does. I think about this sometimes. And I play guitar for a long time, and I love playing guitar. And that's a God-given gift to a certain degree. I want you to think about that when I say this. God's given everybody some gifts. But you need to develop those gifts, right? So I really enjoy doing playing guitar, but I've chopped the wood to play the guitar. I'm not trying to take credit. I'm telling you about effort. I'm telling you about commitment, okay? That's the thing that I've probably done more in my life than anything else. And there's a lot of people that are a lot better than me in that, okay? But I'm talking about commitment. I played the guitar before I went to school every day that I can remember since I was 14. I don't get to play it as much now because of the things I have to do. I remember my mom coming in and taking the guitar off me when I was asleep at night. I was committed to that. I was gonna be the best I could be at that, right? I didn't have to be the best, I just wanted to be the best that I could be because I had a desire and I had a love for that. How much more should I be doing that with seeking the word of God? How much more should I be doing that to serving the Lord, you see? And so anything that you're good at, I guarantee you, you'd probably put some time in with it. If you have a relationship that's really good, you'd probably nurture that relationship. If you have, you know, health that's good, God's blessed you in that, but you've probably made some choices along the way that have benefited you from that. So I, I wanna, I really coming in framing this with the commitment. I read a story this week that was right on time for what we got going. There was two elderly ladies in this story, about 70 or 80 years old, and they had committed their life to serving the Lord. And they were on a mission trip or something. Anyway, they had a terrible car wreck, went over the side of the road and died, killed them in the car crash. And they went to one of these very well-known preachers, and they said, wow, isn't that a tragedy? 
and they threw the mic out to the guy. Isn't that a tragedy that this happened? You know? And he said, no, it's not. And everybody was taken back. But here's the rest of the story. He said, no, what a tragedy is, is for somebody to live their whole life and never think of anybody else, never serve the Lord, never bring anything to the kingdom of God, never be used by God. He said, that's a tragedy. It's not a tragedy because these ladies live their whole life honoring and serving God. He said, that's a blessing. Wow. Now that took a spin, didn't it? Because immediately the media was ready to jump on that guy. What do you mean? But see, he saw past that. He knew that they were not coming up short. He knew that they were doing some big picture living. Can you imagine that? For a second, do you know anybody that's doing that? Do you know about anybody that, that's, that's really living their life out for the Lord? Is it you? Is it me? Is it our neighbor? Is it our church family? If not, what's holding us back? Now, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that means you're in church every day and you're hallelujah and everybody at the grocery store or anything else. But I'm saying this. Are you committed to seeing souls saved? Are you committed to making adjustments in your life, even the tough ones, that draw you closer to God instead of pushing you away from God? And I want to tell you, as a, a pastor here, it's a daily, minutely choice. Because we love to do what we love to do, don't we? If I ask anybody about uh, sin, it, you know, when somebody doesn't understand something and somebody does, they go, I just can't believe that. You know, if it's drinking or whatever like that, they go, oh. but guess what? The thing that you do is just the same. So we want to kind of take all these sins, put them in a box and go, well, that's really bad. And that's, oh, that's not as bad, and this is that. Sin is sin. But you know what? As we commit our lives to the Lord, God will help fill our lives with the things of God and push out those worldly things. That's what I want us to see today. And I want, to, I want you to hear this. When we do miss the mark, get back up, man. Keep going. I'm never going to beat you down not to pull you back up. I don't ever want to beat anybody down. I'm preaching to me. When I look at things going on in the world, and I look at things going on in the neighborhood, and I'll, I'll share some of that later. This is just kind of get going. I've dealt with so much stuff in the last month where my mother lives. I don't want it to make me callous, but it does irritate me. Because people don't always have your best interest in mind. You know? And, and, and I'm just, I'm being real, real today. I'm being very straightforward today. We want to love people. We want to, uh, you know, introduce them into Christ. But I do not want us to go out here and be blind to the things that this, there's some evil in this world, amen? And so I want us to be prepared and committed. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and jump on in. What in the world keeps us from uh, being all we can be and stepping out for God, amen? This is not, that is going. So what's stopping you? I was thinking about that this week. What's stopping you from going that extra step in your relationship with the Lord? What's stopping you from being all you can be in the Lord? Well, there's a couple things here. Time. How many people are busy? Everybody's busy, 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 busy. It is. I just spent, I spent most of the time I could have been resting my voice talking about how busy I was this morning. <laughs> you know, that's the truth. I've been and I should have been going. But we get busy. And somehow we feel better about being busy if we tell everybody how busy we've been. You got to be careful with that. But sometimes you're just trying to process it. Sometimes you're just trying to say, man, what's going on here? But I, I think about this. I said, 
Sometimes I just got to stop, put the brakes on, and see what's going on. Time is an amazing thing. You ain't getting no more, right? You're going to get what you get. And I want to utilize that. And as I get older, I find that a lot of things that I thought were so important really aren't that important. How about you? You know what's important to me? Hanging out with my family. You know what's important to me? Loving on the folks that God brings through here. Reaching people for Jesus, you know? Enjoying a little bit of life as we're going through here. Well, I'll tell you one thing. One of the things as a pastor, you do a lot of visits as you can. Hospital visits, home visits, different things. And I try to incorporate that into some of the things that I like to do. I'll motorcycle ride and I'll stop by and see somebody. I'll go here and stop by and see somebody. But I'm going to tell you a little something about time. This week, God allowed time to slow down where I can visit a guy that they told him he had six months to live and it's probably been a year and a half and still got a great attitude in the midst of a lot of that. And so I went to visit my friend and when I go to visit my friend, I said, you know, what's going on? What's happening? What can I do for you and everything else? And I learned so much from people that are going through different situations if you just listen. And I wrote a couple things down. I said, man, what, what, what do you need? What, how can I help? What, what's going on? He said, well, brother, I know you're always praying for me. I said, yeah. He says, you know what? He says, I don't desire stuff. He didn't desire me to do a concert for him, sing him a song, any of that. He said, I just desire to have some time with my friend. See, everything else stripped away. You're right here now. Just some time with my friend. And it, and it wasn't that he needed hours on end. He just wanted some meaningful moments. I think we look at, we take too big a bite of the pie sometimes. If you really reduce it down to, to some of the smaller things, and, and, and I think we'll see a whole lot of different stuff. And so, Lord, help us today to take hold of those meaningful moments. Maybe it's somebody that uh, you're passing in the, in the store. Yesterday, I went to the Dollar Tree, right? How fascinating is that going to be? But I saw these two older ladies getting ready to go in the store. I was like, man, I got to get that door for them ladies. And I went up there, and they just, they appreciated that so much. And I said, you know what? I've been waiting all day for two good-looking ladies to come here so I can open the door for them. <laughs> you know? And everywhere I went, I would run into them. They probably, and I thought, they probably think I'm stalking them. I just wanted to encourage them. Because what happens sometimes is people say, what, what do you want? What, what's it? I don't want anything. I just wanted to encourage them. I wanted to bless them. I want to say, hey, you know what? You make a difference. Appreciate that. Meaningful moments. And if you watch your meaningful moments, they'll turn into some momentous hours, some, some really good stuff. Well, what else do we see? A lot of times we say, oh, man, you know, what stopped me? I just don't have the resources. How about that? I think we all can think about that. I said, so think about resources, or is it the lack of the resources? And I can tell you this, funeral after funeral, family meeting after family meeting, uh, when I go to sit down with people who have passed away, I get this. One of the things I always ask, I said, what is it that you want people to take away from your loved one's life when we leave here today? 99% of the time, I can tell you, it's not that my dad worked all the time so I can do this. That my mom did this and this and this. 
It is the silly, little, meaningful moments that always come back. I'm telling you, I have preached some funerals, man. <laughs> and with that, she's the first one to laugh. <laughs> My loving sister-in-law. But I, I've preached a lot of funerals, and I've never had anybody, you know, say, when uh, this, big, this big thing was the only thing I remember. They remember the little stuff. I've told you many times about when Thomas was little, what do you want to do? He just wants to wrestle in the living room. You know, we found some footage the other day, man. Whoo! VCR, VHS, we're going back now, right? And he's like, this big. Yeah, this big. And one of the things we used to do is every other Saturday, man, me and Thomas went out on town. Denise had to work, and so that was our dad day. Chuck E. Cheese, man, hanging out. And you know what I love the best? About 1 o'clock, he would be tired out. I would take the best nap, both of us. Out, man. But we had some footage of us down at Grandview. I mean, my hair was back here, blowing in the breeze. About 50 pounds less. Jumping around. I jumped off my truck to touch my toes. Just said, man, that's probably what's wrong with your leg now. Man. He goes, i never seen him do that. And, and Thomas is, he's so small, I'm thinking that the kite's going to take him away. And my dad was there filming. And we're having the best time. And even then, my radio was jamming, man. Love music. And, and Thomas said, man, Dad, you always had some jams in your vehicle. And Thomas, is, he's, he's flying his cat, and he's going, <laughs> just get it, man. Those were some quality times. Quality times. Get to do some cool stuff with Jess, too. But I look back, and, and, and while this message is unfolding, the Lord is teaching me. See, that was a, that was a meaningful moment. That was a meaningful moment. You know, and, and it's great, you know, it's great when they walk across the stage at college and all those things. But I'm going to tell you what, I guarantee you, if you're thinking about your loved ones now or your mom, dad, grandparents, you're probably going to think about some little silly thing. When I think about my grandma, green jello, man, every time I got there, green jello and peanut butter cookies, I'm good to go. I mean, that's what I start thinking about those things. When I think about grandma, I'm thinking meatballs. She makes those little meatballs. I love those things. The only thing I don't like about them, I always ask for them when I have surgery. So I'm starting to correlate, <laughs> correlate those things. But it's healing food. So a lot of times we think it's resources that we need. It's really not the resources. It's what you already have and how you apply it. You know? Has anybody had a little bit of money and then not have much money? Yeah. You know what I found out? When I didn't have as much money, I still had more than I needed. I found out I didn't probably need what I really thought I needed. But I didn't know that until I didn't have it. Does that make sense? I remember one time, this is several years back, and man, it just, the months were getting a lot longer than my paycheck. Anybody had that? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you. And I was in the garage, and I was, uh, I'd like to say I was praying, but I was complaining to God. And I was in my garage, and I said, Lord, I am just tired of all this lack. And God has those one-liners that just get your mind right. He said, show me your lack. As I went through my garage with all the stuff in there like this, because I had so much stuff, I started thinking, I'm sorry, Lord. Look out the door. 
You got three cars, your daddy only had one. Ooh. I said, Lord, forgive me. Because, see, I was blaming stuff on my resources. The truth of the matter was, I probably wasn't real resourceful with my resources. Now, things can come up, and things change, and jobs change, all that. Don't beat yourself down. What I'm saying is, God's going to open a door. But in that moment, I found out I didn't need as much as I thought I did. And in that moment, I found out I had a whole lot more than I ever realized I had. And I also found out this. It was just stuff. It was just stuff. I ain't got no problem with stuff. I like stuff. Anybody like stuff? I like stuff. And I tell you, I got to be careful because when Denise gets into cleaning mode, I lose stuff. She's got like a rule, man. If, it, if you ain't seen it in a year, it's mine. Gone. And so every summer, I get nervous. Because it's when she, when she gets out for the summer, she likes to clean. She does a great job. And the truth of the matter is, I probably wouldn't throw this stuff away. And I just beg, I said, anything with strings or cords, don't throw it away. Because what's this? I said, that's a $400 piece of stuff to such for this gizmo here. When's the last time you, 10 years ago. But I need it. Well, you could probably get, <laughs> I saw my buddy go, like this. <laughs> but I need it. I might need it, you know? I might need it. And she said, well, how much are they now? I said, like, I don't know, like 30 bucks. <laughs> But back then, you don't want to let go. You don't want to let go of that stuff. Well, I don't know what stuff it is today, but I've got a funny feeling. God wants us to loosen up a grip on some of our stuff and grab hold of what he's got. Amen? So don't get wrapped around in resources. Go to the resource, Christ. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. Sometimes fear will stop us. Oh, man, I can't do that. Do you ever know how, how things work? Look at the media. They try to control you by fear. We got to do this right now. If we don't do this right now, I don't know what's going to happen. Boy, we got to do it right now. And next thing you know, you're like this. We got to do this. What? I don't know. We just got to do it. Man, that's not what God has for us. I, I said, you know, fear is the greatest robber of all times. And, and I said, you know, it just, it just robs you. That's all it is. Over and over and over. Went to the doctor. I went to several doctor's appointments this week. And it's funny how... Fear will try to keep you from, from doing things, you know. But God's still working in the midst of everything else. So I go to the specialist, everything else, and, man, they're busy. And I get ready to go, and I'm trying to sign out, and I go past this lady's little office, and there's everything that you've ever seen that's ever been manufactured pink is in this lady's office. She's got it decorated up. I go, hello. She goes, hi. And there's, they're, they're on a call center, and, this, and, they, and they go, uh, I think her name was Faye. Hey, could you help Mr. Chapman process out? Yeah, come on in my office. I said, okay. So I come in her office and grab a seat. And she was all smiling and everything else. And I said, well, I like your office. That's a little different, right? And, and I said, do you know what I like about it the best? She said, what's that? I said, you got stuff about Jesus all in here. She said, yes, I do. And I mean it. Woo, come on now. 45 minutes later, when I wasn't supposed to be talking, we were still talking and praying, right? That was amazing. But she told me her testimony and how fear crept in her life. And she said, I want you to use that anywhere you can use that. She had been married 36 years. She said, I had an amazing husband. She said, we were married 36 years. And evidently, her husband worked in the school system 
and walked into the bathroom and they think maybe a drug deal or something went down. And somebody hit that man so hard in the head, it about killed him, but he survived it. After that, he was never the same. Her life changed dramatically after that. What happened is start bringing on some other things and, and brought on uh, Alzheimer's and different things. And finally he passed away some years later, but it changed everything. And she said, during that time, I was so fearful what I was going to do. She said, I was walking with God, but I ran because I was scared of what's going on. Sometimes we don't always choose. You would think when something happens, we would run towards God. Sometimes fear just overwhelms us, and we just run the other way. And she went through all these different things, and she was telling me. And she said, but even in the midst of that, I knew God was still there. She said, you know, I had my life savings. It was a pretty good amount that she shared with me. And I'm thinking, she said, you know, I could just talk to you all day. But you know what? She wasn't really talking. See, it wasn't that I was talking. I was listening. I wasn't judging. I was just listening because she had a story to tell, and she wanted to share that with somebody. And I didn't say, well, you know what? You should have done this. Well, why didn't you do this? See, that's what happens a lot of times. When we try to share something with somebody, they automatically get their hand. Well, you know, all you had to do was this. Really, just like my friend said, I just need somebody to listen. Man, if you got a friend that is a good listener, you are blessed. Amen. So I continued to talk to this, this lady, and she said, uh, not only that, some of my closest family members, I, she says, I was not choosing well. And uh, I asked them to handle my finances. She said, they took me for $200,000. I'm thinking, I thought I was just going to make an appointment for next month. See, God's working in the midst of all those things. So she continued to talk and all these things. And she said, but you know what? In the midst of all that, God was still working in my life. Even though I ran, even though I was fearful and edged him out, God didn't leave me. And she said, I want you to share that today. So I believe that's going to help somebody today. And she says, you know what? I'm getting where I could probably retire here soon. And I'm just praying everything goes good. She said, you know what? Through that, I have never been so much, so grateful in my life. She said, last night I laid down and I said, really can't afford to water all my plants. Lord, let it rain. And he did. You see, her whole thought process changed doing that. She went from, what in the world's going on? What am I going to do? Everything else? God's got it. God's got it. I hear Scott share testimony. Anytime, anytime you're around him more than five minutes, he's going to tell you how God's going to provide for him. I love it. But you know what? Fear will allow your problem to get bigger, appear to be bigger than your God, and that's a lie. Amen. Just wanted to share that right there. So something else we can get involved in. Self, right? Man, we, it's, oh, it's about us, it's about us, it's about us. I'm going to tell you, usually what's stopping us is the man in the mirror. I can't, I don't know, what would I do and everything else. Just like we said earlier, I would hate to live this life and come face to face with the Lord and know that I wasted my God-given call on myself. Just on me. Man. You ever think about that? You ever think I might be on Judgment Day? Everything is standing before the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about going to heaven. That's all been accomplished on the cross. But I tell you what, I'd like to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I'd like. That, that's my desire. I don't set out not to do that. But I have to be committed in the small things.
but that I can see God moving in all things. Amen? It's about commitment today. And what else? I want y'all to think for a second. This is for you. What's stopping you? Fill in the blank. Because it's going to be different for everybody. Is it bitterness? Is it not forgiving yourself, not forgiving others? Is it you need to make some adjustments? I don't know. And as I wrote this down last night, I thought, man, Lord, this, this is just something you gave me. I said, fear tries to control you, and that's from the enemy. Wisdom will guide you, that's from God. And faith in Christ will sustain you. That's what the Lord showed me. I'm going to read it again. Fear tries to control you. It'll try to muscle. You can't do that. You're not good enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough resources. Who do you think you are? You'll never measure up. That's a, that's a roadblock. But God says, I give you wisdom. Right? So we need to rely on God's wisdom. Man, faith in Christ will sustain you. When everything looks like fear is real and fear is coming down and the, and the, and the bad report's coming, have faith in Christ. Have faith in Christ. So I just whatever that is, I want you to think on that. Insert yourself into the story. Fill in that blank and say, what is it that's really holding me back to being all that I could be for God? Let's keep on rolling here. So, when you go in a situation, I said, where's God in all this? Mm -mm -mm. Let's look at this. Somebody help me. Here we go. I said, we need to seek him first. The best way I know to get the best advice is go to God. Amen? How many of y'all, talking to me first, we usually go to him after. After. When we're all over, when, when, the, when the truck's in the ditch, when, when the bill is coming and the money's gone, when you say, ooh, I think that was the nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, be quiet. What would happen if we seek first the kingdom of God? He tells us in, the, in his word, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things can be added on to it. But you know what? We need to walk it out daily. Amen? Somebody help me here. This thing is just too much, man. I have never seen this in my life. Whew. Walk it out daily. You know, in relationships, I, I, I look at this. It's not a one-time deal. Relationships take time, don't they? It really does. If you've got any type of relationship, you're going to build on it to make it all it is. Miss Karen, how long y'all been married? 47 years. It's been a cakewalk, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and her baby boy goes, <laughs> you had to work on it. Sometimes, sometimes it's not 50-50, is it? Sometimes it's 99-1, you know? All those different things. Amen. Jeff, be quiet back there. I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> I'm just messing. You know, but you know what? You got to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes. You got to be able to let it roll. Major on the majors, minors on the minors. But I tell you what, it's tough. But you know what? You know what helps us having that heart and that mind of Christ? Spending time with Christ. Spending time with him daily. Anything you do, you got to spend some time. And that's what I'm saying today. My dad used to tell me, I used to like to fish every now and then. Jerry would like this. I'd throw the, throw the fishing rod over there and leave it. He said, yeah, just leave it there. You got to just leave it there. Because I pull it up and I'm not And then the worm's gone. You know, and everybody's like, man, just please, just let this kid just stop. And so I finally leave it there, and I reel it in, and it wouldn't have any bait on it. And my dad just said, boy, you can't fish on credit. Put another worm on there. You got to keep going back to the hole. You got to keep going, getting with it, right? But you know what? You do need a little time for things to settle out. And that's what he was showing me. 
so many times. You know, we think we got a relationship with, with, with a person or, or, or whatever. We do. oh, we got this great relationship with the Lord, and you ain't talked to him in years. Isn't that crazy? I've mentioned this from time to time. Anybody got that one friend that, that you never hear from them until when you see it on the caller ID, it's like, this is going to cost me something. Amen. I always go to this. I, always, I think about one of my buddies, and, and this is the best thing going, man. He said, you know, one of these days I'm going to call you when I don't need anything, but today is not that day. I can live with that. <laughs> you know, he's pretty straight up. I, I know I need some, and that's okay. But what I'm saying here, we got to walk it out daily. Spend some time. Would anybody ever think, um, let's think of something. I, I don't never golf. I'll just say that came to mind. Golf. Do you think you just walk out there and golf and then come back next year and be in a tournament? No. You think you just say, well, I think I'm just going to jump up there and play music today. And, and I, I tuned a guitar once when I was 13. I'll just play. It takes some commitment. Relationships take some time. You say, buddy, you're saying the same thing over and over. Yes. Because we need to hear it over and over to realize that in, that investment is worth it. Whatever you're going to do, if you think it's worth it, you need to go for it. When I met Denise, I was not going to get married. Then, man, rock and rolling, had been through a bad divorce. Don't, no, 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 no. Had a girlfriend, didn't want no parts of anything, doing my own stuff. And I saw Denise, and I went over to my dad's house. That next day I said, I found this girl I'm going to marry. He said, what? I said, yeah. I said, that's her. His hair was still sticking up. It was one of, we need to talk in the garage thing, you know? He's like, what, what, what? I said, I'm going to marry that girl. And he said this. He said, if she's the one, then go get her. So I had to kind of wear her down a little bit. See, because her thinking, what life am I thinking? I said, hey, here I am, what you say? <laughs> I got to wash my hair. You know, you call me too much. All these things, you know, all that. But slowly, slowly, just like peat moss on a tree. Start working on it, you know? But what I'm saying is, in relationships, it doesn't always go like that. I knew it. It's just taken her 21 years to figure it out. <laughs> but it was worth the investment. It was worth the investment. And on top of that, man, God bless me with an amazing family. But you know what? It took some time sticking to this stuff. It took some time making the adjustments along the way. So, for me, I went from being Mr. Rock and Roller, single guy, Corvette, eat when you want, do what you want, everything's cool, swimming pool, backyard, hanging out, lifting weights with my buddies, staying up all night to planting flowers in my front yard and have a towel. Thomas was two. And my guys, my buddy said, you know what they said? Oh my goodness, she's the one. She's the one. Because before, I'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever, yeah. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. But when she came on and sees something changed in his life, because guess what? Easy baby ain't putting up with that. Super mom was on the scene. She's like, hey, this is, well, if you want to hang out with me, this is what we're going to do. I was like, okay. Best deal I ever made. Amen to that. But there was some change required. You know what really had to happen? I had to grow up. I had to grow up. You know? And I found out, guess what? It wasn't about me no more. It's about what Thomas needed. It's about what she needed. 
You know, that's funny. I always make sure my wife has the best car to drive. I can walk. If something cuts or something like that, she's going to be covered. I always tell her, make sure you got no money in your pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really don't matter because this is what's going to happen. Come get me. Right? But I want to provide for the people that I love. I want to make sure what's going on. I, I don't understand some of those things. When you love somebody, don't you want to do for them? When you love somebody, don't you want to, you know, uh, make sure they have everything they need? It's not because you want them to love you back. It's because you love them already. Does that make sense? I do things because that's the love that God has poured into me to pour out on other people. I've had people tell me in ministry, they said, man, you just go too far with your people. I said, how is that possible? Yeah, man, but you're here and you're there and you've got to take some time for yourself and you're doing this and this and this and this and this. And I'm not trying to make this a buddy thing. I'm telling you how different folks perceive stuff. They're looking at the world. I'm looking at the cross. See, I see that God didn't leave nothing undone for me. And I want to be like Jesus. So guess what? I want to go the extra mile. Now, guess what? Sometimes you got to say whoa. Sometimes you got to say no. Saying no is not a bad thing, right? But I'm going to tell you what. It's nice when you turn around and they see Christ in you. You might be the only Bible somebody sees, amen? And sometimes it's just making the adjustments. Everybody doing good so far? So this is something that uh, the Lord gave me last night. Let me see if I can read this here. I can't hardly even read it. It says, God doesn't leave you at the foot of the failure. He carries you through to stand in total victory. When I was thinking about things, and I was thinking about people that I visit, I think about times in my life and think about, this is not a fun time for me in my life, let me tell you right now, not being able to talk well. It's very difficult. But I'm not doing this. I'm going, man, God's going to work something good out of this thing. God's going to work something good out of this thing. You know what? He already did. Let me tell you a few things. I want to tell you how fast things will change. I'm going to watch your time here. And I was going to preach a short message. <laughs> so much for that. Last week I left here. I said, I'm going to go to the, I call it the dock in the box, Med Express. I'm going to show you how fast things change. I went there. I filled out all the paperwork. I said, look, I speak for a living. We got to get this thing going on. We got to get rolling. I don't care if you got to shoot me, hit me, drug me. I want something done. She says, okay. And she opened my mouth and she went, ugh. Now, I've been on medicine for the last three weeks and different things. I said, what do you got back there that can speed this process up? Because I got things to do. She said, well, we can give you a shot. I said, bring it on. And then they'll put you on this prednisone stuff. I don't even like me when I'm on that, you know? So she gives me a shot and said, you gotta stay here for 20, 20 minutes. You gotta stay here for 20 minutes to make sure everything uh, is, is, is good to go, so I did. Two minutes from the time I left there to got to my truck, let me tell you what changed. My aunt calls me, and I, and I can't get to the phone right now, I just put it on, and she says, call me. That's not a good sign. I walk out to my truck, and this is total crazy chaos going on. There's a lady in this truck, and she is screaming bloody murder. I need medical assistance. I go, me? And I run back in there, and I can't halfway talk. I go, they need somebody out there. And then I said, I don't know what's going on, but something's going on in that truck. Now, I'll tell you what, I've done enough street ministry and watched enough TV to know I'm not jumping in the middle, but I can come up and see if I can help. 
So I go up, and there's a lady in the driver's seat, and evidently her young daughter is about 8 to 10 years old. And she says, she's off her medications. She's suicidal. She just tried to stab me with a scissors and all this stuff. I'm thinking, all I wanted was a shot. I just want my boys back. I don't want to get stabbed in the middle of the parking lot. 3 o'clock during the daytime. See, a lot of times people think it's going to be in a different neighborhood. It's going to be at this person. It's an everyday life. And I said, ma'am, y'all just need to calm down. I said, hey, everything's all right. I said, baby, doctor's coming out here. I don't know. Maybe the lady needed drugs for her. Maybe she was not telling the truth. Maybe, I don't know all the situations. But I know this. Things change in an instant. So they came out, and I said, thank you very much. I got in my truck, and I started praying. I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on over there, but Lord, get them what they need. Don't forget to call your aunt. Hey, what's going on? Well, honey, I just want to let you know we're at the hospital. Your aunt just died. My other aunt, her sister. I said, what? I said, I took 25 steps. Somebody trying to kill their mama. Somebody else leaving here. Things change in an instant. I thought, it's been quite a day, hasn't it? You say, well, why do you bring all this stuff in? Because I want to tell you that it's just everyday life stuff. But even in the midst of that stuff, let me tell you something about my aunt. My aunt that just celebrated last week her 80th birthday. They had a surprise party. And they said she had never been so happy. She saw all her babies, grandbabies, great-grandbabies, and everything else. And she was going to go do some fireworks or something with the, with the rest of her kids. Sat down on the side of the bed and stopped breathing, fell back, and gone. But you know what? I'm so thankful that she had a chance for her family to know that she loved them. Everybody doesn't get that chance. Everybody doesn't have that, right? And yeah, it's tough when somebody leaves here. But you know what? If we measure our life in those memorable moments, I bet you have a whole lot less regrets, amen? A whole lot less regrets. Let's keep on going. So, what do we got here? Mike, Zach, hit me again. So we need to walk in love. I said, live this life now. You ever, I, I work with guys that, that spend their whole life looking at stock markets and this and that and all this for later. And they're so worried about this last little bit of life that they're doing that they forget about all these other years beforehand. I think we need to plan. I'm trying to plan, make sure that I can take care of this and that and everything else. But I want to live today. How about you? How many people look at the obituaries often? There's a lot of young folks checking out too. You know, you don't have to be old to be going, right? But in the midst of that, can we walk in love when we walk in things? Let's take a look at this. I said, don't be on your deathbed with regrets. I said, I would rather spend my last minutes thanking God I was all poured out than leaving something on the table. I heard a story of a man, a well-known preacher, and his dad was just on fire, man, for the Lord. And uh, the story that they wrote, this was some time ago, I read this. His dad on his deathbed was reciting this, just one more. Just one more. What, Daddy, what do you mean? Just one more. One more for Jesus. Isn't that amazing? How would you like to leave here and say, man, if I could just reach one more person for Jesus before I go. If I could just reach one more, change one more person's life, impact somebody else's life, to see if something just, just make that difference. Well, let's take a look at some of our scripture here today. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Here's a question. Are you willing to lay your life down? That's one thing. But are you willing to lay your life down and pick up his? Carry his cross. Carry your own cross. See what's going on. God has a purpose for each one of us. And I tell you today, I pray that, you know, God is revealing that. And, and I want to pick it up a little bit here. I said, how much do you really trust God? And, and I'm coming into this and kind of setting the, the backstage of this whole thing. Do you dare to live today the fullness of the life that God bought for you? Do you dare to live today to the fullest? I've said this ever since I was a kid. When I go to sleep at night, I almost get irritated if I didn't do everything I wanted to do. I, I, I really wring some life out of this thing, man. When, when that, that's why my parts are falling off, man. I mean, I, I, when, I, when they put me in there, they're going to say, I don't think there's much we can do with that. I want to live this life to the fullest. I don't mean being reckless. I don't mean stomping on other people to get what I want. I mean, I want to enjoy that stuff. Man, if, if y'all come to my funeral room and say, man, that guy, he lived a lot of life. You know? But I don't want it to be about the life I live for me. I want it to be the life I live for Christ. How about you? That takes denying self and committing to Christ. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily thing that we have to just, we have to say, Lord, help me with it. Because guess what? We default to natural, man. How many people like it easy? How many people like the shortcuts? Yeah. I, I mean, you know. How many people would vote for like a three-day work week? You know? Yeah. I, I got some people that go, yeah, got an application. You know? I mean, think about those things. We like it easy, man. But life is not always easy. It takes commitment. It takes sticking to the stuff. But I tell you what, when you're at the end of that and you accomplish something and you've seen God see you through something, it's worth all of it, isn't it? It's worth all of it. Now, I don't know what that thing is that God's calling you back to, to commit to today. First, maybe it's your relationship with the Lord. Maybe if you don't have a relationship with, your Lord, with the Lord, it's today that you'll call on the name of Jesus for forgiveness of your sin. Or maybe it's just, you know, man, things have been pretty tough in my life. I need to recalibrate. I need to look at a few things. Today's a day that I want to encourage you to live this life now. How many people want to wait to start living? Not me. It starts today. I want to tell you something. You know when your, your, your eternal, uh, eternal life really kicks in? The day you call on Jesus. It starts right there. Because you have all eternity in front of you. You go from death to life. Think about that. Your worst day here, right? Your best day here, excuse me. Ain't even going to compare to, to, to a tough day anywhere else, man. Heaven's going to be amazing. Don't miss the bus. But what I want you to see is this. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience the grace and love of God. We need to do that right now. And there's some crazy stuff in the world. What do you think love would do in this world? I think it would change some stuff. Remember a few weeks ago, I, I love that analogy for you guys that didn't hear it. I think it's worth repeating. There was a, a man and a lady who had three little daughters. They bought this white couch. I said about it. It's worth repeating. And they said, look, no, no candy on here, no food on here, none of that stuff on here. We've got to keep the couch clean. And months went by and years went by, and Mom went to flip one of the couch cushions over it, and there was hot pink nail polish all on it. Uh-oh. And they brought the girls down and lined them up. Anybody know about this? Not a word said. Somebody knows about this. And one of the girls, I think she was about 11, 
started to tremble. She's just, she was just so overwhelmed. And she took off running, ran up in her closet, they said. And the dad went up and said, baby, what's going on? She says, dad, it was me. It was me. He said, well, baby, you know, let's go talk to mom about it. Let's go back. And she goes back and the mother says, honey, why didn't you tell me? She says, mama, it's, it's so big. Are you still going to love me? That stain is so big. Will you still love me? And the mom wraps her arms around and says, babe, there is no stain too big to keep me from loving you. Think about it. That's what God says. There's no stain in your life that's too big that he won't keep loving you. He's made a difference in that. So start living today. Don't live in fear. Don't live in guilt. Don't live being selfish about things. Live a life that is unleashed by the power of God through you. That makes all the difference. Step out, man. Step into his will. So many different things here. I'm going to bring this to a close. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. You know who actually said that? I looked that up. I heard Benjamin Franklin. I'm not a big Benjamin Franklin fan. I'm just giving you a little backstory. That's been around for years. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. What do you mean by that? I want to tell you what. If you don't step out, you won't receive what God's got for you. I can, I can believe that there is a God. I can believe that, that you know, there's a creator of the universe. But until I receive that by faith, it doesn't do me any good, does it? Until I grab hold of that. I said, this life is has been given to live. Not reckless, not selfish, but to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I said, we need to enjoy it. We need to share it. We need to lay it down sometimes, too. We need to get out of the picture and let Christ do the work in our lives. But... I wonder today how many blessings have you counted? It's uh, five after 11. Have you counted your blessings today? Have you thought about all that God's done for you? Yesterday we were going in a store at Big Lots. Man. And there was a gentleman trying to take his elderly wife and put her back in the car. And I don't know what her situation was. It took everything for this woman to make a step. I don't know if she had had a stroke or whatever, and, and he was just caring for her. It took every single ounce of energy for that man brother. So I, I try to be respectful of those things. I don't want to jump in different things. But I said, you know what, sir, can I take, can I take this cart back for you? Yeah. I said, how are you doing today, man? And she turned around. She had the biggest smile. She said, thank you. I'm doing good. What does that have to do with this? You never know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't never know what this next minute's going to bring. Rejoice in the moment that God has given you today. But also, if you find yourself on a, on a tough day, rejoice knowing that God's not going to leave you there. Rejoice knowing you're not alone. Amen? There was a couple of things I wrote down. I saw something uh, when I was studying. And, and it says, 10 things to give up. All right? Y'all can write these down if you like. Uh, but it was kind of interesting. 10 things that we can give up. Excuses. Anybody know that? Excuses. What it should have could have. Self-doubt. You're probably your own worst enemy. Amen? Anybody uh, beat yourself up pretty good? We can do it. Fear of failure. I talked to my wife about this the other day. You know, different things we like to do. I said, as I get older, I am less afraid about failing, but more about the rewards of winning. I think I'm putting that right. And what I mean by that is, I don't care what they think about me for Jesus. I'd rather step out and share Jesus with somebody and their life's transformed 
than me sit on the sidelines and think I never told that person that God loved them and they need a personal relationship with Christ. And if they take their last breath today and they don't know Jesus, where is it going to end up at? Hell. Nobody wants to talk about that. That's offensive. It should be offensive. You were not created for hell. You were created for life with Christ. But you know what? God's not sending anybody to hell. Listen close. You choose when you reject his son. I want to make sure you heard that. We choose hell when we reject the only way out of hell. Amen? If I told you there's only one way to my house, and you say, no, I'm going to go this way. I said, no, there's only one street way to my house. Come on over. No, but I'm going to go this way and I'll go that way. Guess what? You're not going to get to my house. We think that same way with God. We talked about this this morning. You can talk to a lot of people about God. And they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, this is what happens. Their God might not be your God. And the God we talk about here is with the big G. Amen? So when you want to bring it on down and make sure they understand that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find out what they believe. Amen? See, a lot of times people say, yeah, I believe, but. I didn't see anything in the Bible that says, you can believe, but. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have eternal life. Amen? What else do we got here? Something else we can give up on, procrastination. People pleasing. You got any people pleasers here? I want to hang out with you. About this fear of success. Anybody afraid of succeeding? You know that sounds crazy, but sometimes people people are, are depending on what's going on in their life. How about negative thinking? We can get some negative attitude, right? What about self-talk? Uh, negative self-talk. Judging others. Huh? How many people are you sitting there? Went out to eat the other day. I got to share this. What to eat? I always have my family walk in front of me. I sit it behind me. That way, if something's going, I can see what's happening. If I'm up here, I don't know, you know, somehow. We walk by. Lady comes by. I see this lady. She don't know that Denise is with me. And this lady goes, man, just, just strip my girl down, boy. Like, who she think? Denise just ate some peanuts and got a salad. She just going on out. But I could see right then, she just, who she thinks she is. I wanted to say, She's beautiful, isn't she? But I just said, I just started laughing. I thought, why do you want to be mad at my wife? You know, or whatever. But it was, it was so, so obvious. I'm thinking, man, you know, if you walk around with that face all screwed up like that, you ain't going to have many friends. How's that tie in there? We, get, we, we judge people. We do all the time. But you know what? You know who you're hurting? You're hurting you. You're hurting you. I don't care if somebody's fat, thin, whatever, white, black, what don't make no difference to me. Pass the pickles. I don't care. Bring it on. It really don't matter. Because guess what? I'm not going home with you. I'm not hanging out with you. Whatever. I'm going to do my thing and see what, and if I can help you, I'm going to try to help you. But you know what? I'm going to bring this to a close here. Nothing venture, nothing gain. In this world, there's a lot of different things going on. And there's some evil things going on in this world. I had a couple more things. Other things that this last piece, I want to make sure I want to give you now, I'm going to give you 10. Don't allow other people's negativity to influence you. You tell them, Chuck, I should have been done by now. <laughs> I, I want to talk. You remember when you was little, your grandma called, I want to talk, I want to talk, I want to talk. But you know what? <laughs> we have a good time here, don't we? Nothing venture, nothing gain. 
And I hope today you take this away from the whole situation. That you know what? There's things that God has given us to do as a body of Christ to reflect God well. The number one thing is, you know what? Love the Lord your God. And when we love God, God's going to bring that love back to us and through us to, to be that imitator of Christ. And it's going to draw other people to him. I'll never, ever, ever tell you to be a footstool, right? You know, turn around like that and just beat down. But I tell you what, friends, I pray through this message, something was said through here, that we'll step out and take that chance. Step out and, and be that mirror of Christ in these situations, in the crisis, in the world, things, and say, no, that's not right. You know? We all, everybody wants everybody to roll over and politically correct and everything else like that. And they have taken the Bible and just mashed it down, mashed it down, smashed it down, and everything else. It's time for us to speak the truth. And we can speak it in love. And we can stand up for what God has given us to do. Let me tell you what, at the end, it won't be no guesswork. Say every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess the Lord Jesus. And I tell you what, it is our service and our duty and our commitment to make disciples of Christ. So today, I know we covered a whole lot of stuff, but I want to break it back down to a few things here. What's keeping you from being all that God has you to be? I want you to think about it. That's why I want you to fill in the blanks. I said, you know what? I wrote this down. I said, there's always, there will always be times in life that stretch us. Just make sure you're reaching in God's direction. Make sure you're reaching out to him. I said, fear is from the enemy. Wisdom is from God. Faith is from Christ himself. Let him build you up. And I said, you know what? We need to live your life today. So as I get ready to close, what is it that God whispered to you today? For you today through this message. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you kept my voice strong. You, you, you go before us. And I pray that they heard just what they needed to hear today, Lord. I'm preaching to me first. Nothing venture, nothing gain. Lord, I want to venture and just be more of who you call me to be. Lord, forgive me when I miss that. Mark, forgive me when we just get all wrapped up in, in things of the day. But I pray today, if there's one here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today is the day they call on the name of Jesus. That they know, I don't want anybody, listen close, I don't want anybody to walk out of here and not know what it takes to come to Christ. It just takes you to believe. That's what it's all about. Every week we do this. Every week we do this. Every time we get a chance, I want to make sure. So friends, don't leave here without knowing that you can have that home in heaven with Lord Jesus Christ. And it starts today. How's that, buddy? Call on the name of Jesus. The Bible says all of us in and fall short of the glory of God. That means all of us have missed the mark. All, all. But you know, Christ came to bring us life. And he says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, Lord, I believe you're the Son of God. Come into my life and forgive me today. Help me to walk this out. Today is the day that God will take you and save you and work in your life. And he'll never leave you. And you have the guarantee of God's word that you have a home in heaven. But not only that, he wants to work in your life today. So whatever that was then to fill in the blank from earlier, give it to him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen.